ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம் அஜானதிமிராந்தஞ்சனலாக்கையாச்சுருன்மேலிதம் தஸ்மைவே நம ஸ்வயம்ூபாமீகோஸ்ரீயுதபதகமலீகுன்வைஷ்ணவாஸ்ரீபாதூத்தம் பரிஜனசிதிஷாஹன்விதாஸ்ரீராதாகிருஷ்பாதாஹகணலிதாஸ்ரீவிஷாஹன்விதாஸ்ஹேஷ்ணகருணாசிந்தோ தீனபந்த
So, this is the Sanskrit alphabet. I hope you can see that. I will just make it a little bigger. So, this is the Sanskrit alphabet, alphabets. As you can see here, on the top is the vowels and the bottom is the consonants. So, vowels, uh, if, if we don't know the definition of vowels, so vowels means when the sound is produced without any blockage. Okay, before we even go to vowels, we need to understand our human voice box our whole, how our human vocal system is formed. Alright, we will go here. Okay, this is the vocal system. Now here, so this is what we need to understand because to produce the sounds we need to manipulate the tongue and our our breath so we need to know exactly what to do so that's why i'm showing you this um, diagram here so um, as you can see there is this word the larynx so that part is the voice box the voice emanates from there right and so there are three components to making sounds we, we use this in different ways and then produce all the sounds that are there in the world, I mean in, in our language. <laughs> so, the three, the three components are the position of the mouth as in the tongue, you know, the position of the tongue and the way our, the, how we stop the sound. You will understand what I am talking about in a, in a while. And so we need to understand the different parts of our mouth from the throat all the way to the, as you can see, from the throat all the way to the, the, the mouth, the, the lips. We need to understand the different parts of that. So the first, like for example, when we say ah, the sound ah is produced directly from here and it is not stopped by anything, ah, it just comes straight out. That is a primary sound, ah. So, when we say, actually we can understand this when we are pronouncing the vowels and slowly we will go to the consonants as well. So, I will show you the velar, okay, uh, this is, um, one second. So, this I do not know if the, okay, here it is not there. I will go to the, there is a nice article on the pronunciation. So, this is the article. Actually, I will, basing, I will be basing this today's session on this article. We will share the link in the, in the comments later on. But, I need, you, I need you to understand this. You see this? Velar, palatal, retroflex or also called sometimes cerebral. And then there is dental and labial. So that means velar means kanthya. So in the mouth, so this is the mouth. So ah 
you see the a a is produced from that part of the mouth a you use you pronounce as we are doing this try to also um, follow along by producing the sound so that you understand exactly what is going on right so a is produced from here and when you pronounce e we mindlessly do it but actually if you notice what you are doing with your tongue and the mouth e the tongue actually raises up with the middle of the tongue we almost touch the top but not really touch the top but when you say a the tongue is right at the bottom a e so e when you say e the tongue goes a little up and at the center of the palate palate is a is the top part of the mouth e and then when you say oo oo is the lips you are stopping oo so there is um, the sound from it is actually a but when you close the mouth it will become oo so when you the same a when the tongue is up it will become e i you see just just try to do it from starting with a yes prabhu so starting with a you try to change it to e yes yes so starting with a go up e i see when as you move your tongue up it will become e you see that so this is what we need to understand what we are doing with our tongue so there are sounds that are produced for example ka ka if you see what you are doing with your tongue and your upper palate ka just observe where you are touching the tongue and the upper palate which part of the tongue is touching which part of the palate so in the palate in the upper portion there is two parts the hard palate and the soft palate now i want you to use your tongue and feel inside with the tip of the tongue roll it upwards and try to feel at the top so you can feel the hard part now if you roll the tongue even more back it's soft part you can you can feel that almost here here you know like that when you roll your tongue there is a soft part so that soft part is called kantha kanthya so that sounds produced from there are kanthya so ka when you say ka it is coming from there ka you see the the back of the tongue or the middle of the tongue is touching the soft palate ka notice that that's what i'm saying so ka is produced from there and then the next cha if you see cha the tongue is touching at the middle of the hard palate cha it's not the tip of the tongue that is touching it is the center of the tongue that is touching at the top cha and when you say ta ta is the same center of the palate upper palate hard palate but the tip of the tongue is touching ta and almost like roll backwards ta slightly roll backwards that's why it's called retroflex the tongue is you know i don't know i'm not a good artist but I'll just try to show here if this is the oh, if this is the bottom of the mouth and this is the top of the mouth and this is the tongue you know i'm i'm horrible at drawing but kindly bear with me 
<coughs> now the tongue this is the tongue now here if the tongue goes up like this oh sorry like this almost not not that much but a little bit less like that ta so this is the mouth i mean this is the lips say uh, no space here <laughs> if this side is the lips so the tongue that from back of the mouth it comes like that and touches the top that is ta ta is produced from there and ta ta when we say ta usually some sometimes i see some devotees they can't distinguish between between ta and ta ta is dental dental means the tongue is touching just at the tip i mean at the at the root of the teeth ta ta that is ta but when the tongue touches at the top like this in the in the diagram here that is ta so that is ta and ta means when it touches the teeth the tongue touches the back of the teeth not exactly the teeth at the at the at the gums which at which the the teeth start so ta and then pa pa is when you do with the lips so from here all the way to the lips so that is the order so you will see in the consonants ka ka varga cha varga ta varga ta varga pa varga so varga means the the series or the category like that so so these are the different ways how we stop the sound consonants are produced consonants are when you stop the sound from the vocal i mean from the uh, throat you stop the sound with different mouth positions so the one aspect of producing sound is the mouth position and then there is the the of course the voice box where from where the sound originates and finally there is the breath like for example when you say ka that is without breath and when you say kha like blockhead you know when you say blockhead k block the ka sound at the end of the block and head the h sound at the start of the head together becomes blockhead kha that kha sound that is when the same ka but we you, you push the breath from here kha kha so that's produced like that so that is kha so in this way let us try to understand the whole science of how the alphabets of sanskrit are arranged all right so now we will go back to that um this one so i want to base today's uh, uh i mean today's session on this particular article because this uh, it's called it's called the website is called bolochant.com i don't endorse every material that is on this website because some of them are impersonalistic uh, articles are there so but this article on the pronunciation of sanskrit is one of the most authoritative that i could find and here so the first thing is in sanskrit it is different from english because in english the sound is not perfect for example um in english when you say when you spell it out as b u t b u t is but and when you say p u t it's put 
So there is no logic there, but and put. But the spelling almost looks the same, just the, the, the it, it should be either boot and put or but and put, but no, it's but and put. So there is no, it is not standard. But when you see Sanskrit, what you see is what you get. So there is no, you don't have to guess. So sometimes when you see the spelling in an English word, you're not sure how to pronounce it. Like, like when you see the pronoun, when the word, you know, you see this, I would say, let's see, we say, Rendezvous. You know, this, this, if you don't know how to pronounce it, anyone would say Rendezvous or Rendezvous or something like that. But you need to know a background, okay, this is coming from the French language. And then it is to be pronounced as Rendezvous. Rendezvous. So, you will not know <laughs> the, the spelling and the pronunciation has no relation almost sometimes and words like knife for example the k is silent you take out that it is still um, you know knife and actually i saw a video which is even more funny like this this word empty now this is empty, right? If you take out the E, it will be still be empty. And if you take out E, P and Y, it will still be empty. And if you take out the whole word, it will still be empty because it's empty, nothing there. So, you see how, uh, and another word is Q. You take out all the four alphabets, it's still Q. Why? If you just see the spelling and pronounce it according to the spelling, Q-A-Y-A, that's how it is pronounced, right? <laughs> so, the pronunciation and the, and the spelling is not the same. So, therefore, uh, phonetics is a branch which is separate from alphabets. Alphabets is one thing and phonetics is one thing. So, like phone, for example, uh, we'll go to the next page. So, if I say phone... It can also be like this. Why is it not phone? So these are all um, anomalies or they are not perfect. It's not a perfect language that's why English. But of course it is now the most popular. But the most perfect language is Sanskrit. That's why the word, the, the name of the language is Sanskrit. That means very well made. Very well made. The perfect language. I mean the perfectly made language. And all Indian languages, they all are based on Sanskrit alphabets. So, you will see the similarity in all the languages in India, almost all, based on the Sanskrit alphabets. Some there are a little more alphabets, some there are a little less and some they are pronounced a little differently. For example, Va, when you say Va in Sanskrit, in Gujarat they say Va, Va. But actually in Sanskrit, in the strict pronunciation is Va. So, some slight differences like that are there, but otherwise, it's all based on Sanskrit. So, with that understanding, we will try to understand Sanskrit, which is a very perfect language. And when you see something, you should exactly pronounce it as you see it. So, it makes, very, it, makes it very easy to pronounce actually.
I do not know if you can notice. So this is velar. Velar means kanthya from here. So you see, I can't actually show. I don't know if I can show. No, I can't with my. So you see, the tongue of the mouth is touching at the back of the upper palate, the soft palate. You see, that is velar. The sometimes it's not touching; it is just compress, come near, uh, or say, uh, how to say, uh, uh, uh. Um, <laughs> a good example of that sound, but it is from there, uh, so that part. And then there is palatal. Palate means this is called uh, what is the Sanskrit word for it? Kanthya. And then there is forgot. Ah, uh, thalavya, palatal, thalavya. So this is a bit at the center. The tongue is touching. Cha, cha. You see, when you say cha, that is the middle of the tongue is touching the top, and then there is a retroflex, or this is also called cerebral. Ta, ta. The tip of the tongue is touching at the top. You can see there. The tip of the tongue is touching the top, and then here the dental. You see the teeth. So the tongue is touching right at the foot or or the base of the teeth. When it's touching, when the teeth is Uh, joining the gum of the ta, the ta tha da dha na. So all it is coming from there, and then there is labial pa pa ba bha ma. So the order of the alphabets is from here all the way to here. So it's that way. So these are. So now let's go to the vowels. So I will first show what is the Sanskrit alphabet like. Uh, where are we? Here. Not this one. Okay. You see this. So this is the Sanskrit alphabets. it's very scientific i'll tell you why so now let's focus on the vowels so the vowels go like this the sound a a e e u u r r hmm? and then there is of course there is another one which is called l l which is almost not in use nowadays there is also the it's not exactly la is la it's like the tip of the tongue touches the like the like the dental so that sound la 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 but it doesn't touch the doesn't touch the uh, teeth so that sound anyway it's not almost not found i only saw once in prabhupada's books where i think in the second chapter seventh verse purport when um, the brahmana and kripana that was from brahadaranyaka upanishad that is explained in that in the old version of bhagavad gita it is explained as it is written there but in the new version is is replaced with la so 
you can pronounce it like almost like la but actually it's not the pure pronunciation but anyway it's not there so then a a e e u u r and then a i o au am aha so this is um, actually am and aha is anuswara and uh, visarga in sanskrit so it's not exactly vowels but it is put there along with the vowels because it usually comes at the end of the uh, consonant so anyway so now we will try to understand this vowels in english it's only a e i o u they are vowels but in sanskrit there are so many vowels there is a uh, 16 actually even the r is there is another there is the extension extended version of it dirgha version which is r r or re sometimes it's pronounced as re but actually it's not the pure pronunciation but we can still do with it hmm? so actually is so that pronunciation that is r. so anyway so it starts with a now let us try to understand where this a is coming from it's coming from right there at the throat a a <clears throat> then a then a a a so a is just increase the you know the open the mouth a little more wider and then for for longer time a a you don't even have to increase the mouth but just long elongated version of it that is called uh, hrasva and dirgha hrasva means uh, short and dirgha means long so a a both are produced from here then e e is when the tongue is almost touching the top see now the sound has or you can see the sound is touching uh, from here a uh, uh, it has transferred to here e right uh, here e when the tongue touches the or not touches sorry vowels are always when the sound is not stopped when you says for example ka it is a uh, a uh, and then you, with the tongue you you touch the top at the back ka so when you hold it there ka is produced when you release the tongue from ka that position when the tongue is touching the top from there if you release it then is ka but if you keep it there the sound doesn't go the sound you know ka that when you don't say anything when you just keep the tongue there the sound is stopped that's why it's called consonant consonant are where the, you stop the sound by completely touching the top so ka so when you release the tongue from there then is ka so so the same a a ka see ka so that's where you stop the sound and then release it again so the same a it is all coming from a a is the principal sound everything is then manipulated with the different mouth positions and different aspirations or the the aspirated breath breath so the breath the mouth position and the tongue sorry mouth position is basically yeah the tongue also the tongue and uh, the sound the actual sound that comes out and manipulated with breath and the mouth position so these three components the sound the mouth position and the breath these three we manipulate and produce all these sounds so now a a and then e e and then now u right here now the sound is stopped by or 
is constricted, constricted by the lips. Whereas A and E, the, the mouth is open. When you say OO, we are constricting the, the passage of sound, you know, from the small hole OO at the right of the listening. So the OO, the A becomes oh you see the, the how it changes to oo when you close the mouth so that's what we're doing it's the same ah but then with mouth position in that way and the lips so it becomes oo so and then we will go to r r is mm, r it's not exactly like r r r but it's almost the same so that's why it is difficult usually it's um, there is some confusion about how to pronounce it but actually r, 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 it's almost touching at the top so what we can do is we can like when we say krishna you know k with the you know this when you say krishna we write it in our books like this so this r krishna it is all it is in the in its purest form it should not sound as krishna kri it's actually krishna krishna so r r that sound only not ri not ru not ra r krishna so that's how it's actually in in its purest form but in dialects like in um, in gujarati for example they say kru and even in telugu my language they say kru krishna you know, and in some Bengali, for example, they say Krishna. So that's the that's the variations. But in pure Sanskrit, it's Krishna, Kr Krishna. So like that. So so these are the pure sounds: a, a, e, e, u, u, r. And then A. A is a compound vowel. That means it is produced with a combination of two vowels. What is that? A and E. In the halfway of between A and E comes A. Now try to pronounce again with your mouth and follow me. So A, right? E. Now Try to pronounce ah, uh, just pronounce ah uh, and change it to e. Ah, uh, you see that? So as you're going from ah uh to e, halfway you'll come to a. Ah, uh, this is the a. That is halfway between ah uh and e. A. A. That is a. So <coughs> it is the so pure vowels are ah, uh, e, u. And it's elongated versions. A, a, e, e, u, u. R, r is also, or r is also pure, pure vowel. <coughs> now, a becomes is uh, halfway between the f the first and the second. A and e is the first two pure vowels. So between that is a halfway. A, i, i. So that is that midway. A. That's that's a. And next is I. So here, what we do is instead of stopping it at A, we just pronouncing producing one sound A. But I means you actually go 
just now I asked you to do in a longer I so that actually you 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 start with one sound and go to the other so a uh, you start with a uh, and end with e i i so in that way from here it goes to here i so the whole transition whereas a is halfway through the transition and it's just one point a but i is when you actually move it's uh, it's called a diphthong in english diphthong is when you it's a grammatical word. So diphthong is when you start with one vowel and end with another vowel. A, we are starting with A and ending with E. I, I, that is I. So when you say A and I, don't produce this. Sometimes Hindi, those who are familiar with Hindi, they say A. You know, like for example, um, I, what is it? Like, okay, Aishwarya, Aishwarya. Sometimes Hindi in Hindi they may pronounce it Aishwarya. A. Instead of A, um, I mean not A, they don't say Aishwarya, but Aishwarya. Aish. So in Sanskrit it doesn't that is considered a mistake. In Sanskrit it's Aishwarya. I I. So I. So the whole transition I. And then comes O. So as we know, again the pure vowels are A, E, U. So this the the combination of a and e produces a and i in the singular point and the whole transition i in singular is a halfway between them and the whole transition is i similarly a and u now the previous one was a and e now a and u so a try to, now try to pronounce again a and all the way to u u and then stop it halfway you see you will reach at o Oh, oh. So, oh. So halfway is o, o, So o is halfway between a and u. That is o. And when we actually then comes au. Au is when we actually the same thing. We start with a and end with u, and do the whole transition. Au, au, au. So. A A E E U U R and actually the elongated R R and then A I O A O. So in this way, the vowels are constructed in Sanskrit. You see how orderly it is, how systematic it is. This is Sanskrit alphabet. And then of course after this comes Am, which is called Anuswara. Am like uh, Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum. Krishnam Vande Jagat Guru. So Krishnam, that Am, uh, that comes, that means of course Krishnam means uh, unto Krishna, to Krishna, like that. Krishnam Namadvam Sada in the Mukundamala Stotra, in uh, the 43rd verse of the Mukundamala Stotra, um, King Kulashekar, the author, he actually teaches grammar with the word Krishna. So it goes like Krishna Rakshatu no Jagatraya Guru. You see Krishna, there are different variations of Krishna in this verse. Maybe I'll take it out so you can understand. This is a little bit of a deviation but from the topic, but it's good to understand the grammar. So today is all about technical, so it'll be very technical. So I'm sorry if it is a little bit over the head. Try to maybe you have to rewatch this episode later on 
But so Krishna, you see this verse. Krishna Rakshatuno Jagatraya Guru Krishnam Namadham Sada Krishna Kilasa Shatravo Vinihata Krishnaya Tasmainama Krishnad Eva Samutitam Jagadidam Krishnasya Dasosmyaham Krishne Tishthati Vishwameta Dakilam Hey Krishna Rakshaswamam See eight different variations of the word Krishna This is the grammar So Krishna Krishnaha Krishna means actually Krishnaha And this is Sandhi This is another rule which we will be going tomorrow Tomorrow is about Sandhi That means joining of two words But today is just about pronunciation So Krishna or Krishnaha Krishnam Krishnena Krishnaya Krishnat Krishnasya Krishne And Krishna See, Krishnaha means Krishna, the, the pure form of the noun form. And then Krishnam means unto Krishna or to Krishna. Krishnena means by Krishna. And then Krishnaya means uh, unto or this is uh, different unto in the sense that Krishnaya to, uh, Krishnam to. See, although Krishnam is also to and Krishnaya is also to, it is actually a little bit different in Sanskrit. Sorry, Krishnaya. This is also two. This is a bit different. When you offer to Krishna, uh, both are also offering. Mm. That's why Krishnam is unto Krishna, meant for Krishna in that way. And Krishnaya, Tasmai Namaha, which is also, how to say, it's almost the same. Slightly different. There is a very slight difference. It's very difficult to explain in English. Anyway, so we are not going into this. The meanings now. It's all about sound today. And anyway, Krishnath means from Krishna. Like Krishna Deva Samuthitam Jagatitam. From Krishna, all the universes came out. So it's easy to understand. Krishnath. Krishnena means by Krishna. Krishnena Akhila Shatravo Vinihata. So many demons were ki- killed by Krishna. So Krishnena. And Krishnath means from Krishna. Many universes emanated. And Krishnasya means of Krishna. Krishnasya dasosmyaham. Of Krishna, I am the servant. I am a servant of Krishna. So, Krishnasya. Krishne means in Krishna. Krishne tishthati vishwameta dakhilam. In Krishna are situated all the universes. So, Krishne means in Krishna. And Krishna means the pure form Krishna. So, am, the am sound with the m with the dot on top, that is Anuswara. And aha is visarga. Aha, H with a dot below. Always you see that. That is visarga. So, that are not explained here in the vowels. But actually they are there. Uh, maybe another. Yes, here. Yes, this is anusmara. Here you will see. This page. You will see in the. Your Bhagavad Gita book. Or Bhagavatam book. I have a copy here. So, here when you see all the verses, the Sanskrit and then the pronunciation in the transliteration in English, but then how to pronounce them? So, the pronunciation guide is there. You go to your index. Usually, many devotees sometimes I see they don't, they don't bother about the pronunciation index, but actually, you see here Sanskrit. 
pronunciation guide. I don't know if you can see that. Sanskrit pronunciation guide. So it's page 80, 877 here. So if you go to 877, you will see and there, there is explanation how to actually pronounce each sound here. So this is the exact page that I took out on the screen here. So that if you go in and you see this vowels, there is M with the dot on top, Anuswara and A, A, E, E, U, U. U is you know U with the line on top. E is the elongated E is with a I with a line on top, and then R, R with a dot below. I don't think you can. I don't think you can see that. It's a bit blurred. But R with a dot below and a R, R, and then this is the one L with the dot below. This is almost not used nowadays. And then A, I, O, O, and then um. Um is not a vowel in itself because you can't write um. You have to write a and then um. So actually, it's um, that sound is not is only followed. It follows a, a vowel or a consonant. So therefore, uh, it is it is not a character by itself, but it's added with a um a like this. This is a like a three and then thirty one almost. You know. And then with the line on top, that is a in Sanskrit. That's how you write a in Sanskrit. So, and with a dot on top, if you put a dot on top of this a, that becomes um. So, to write um or um, we have to write a and then put on top. By itself, the um has no character. So, it is denoted by this um, m with a dot above int in the IAST transliteration method that we use. That is called Anuswara. And then Visarga is H with a dot below. It, it, this also doesn't have a character in itself. It usually is represented with A and Aha. Actually, it's Aha. Like, or Ihi. Not, it's not Ihi exactly, but it's Ihi. You stop it there. Ihi. Like, like um, Krishna. It's not Krishna. That is H-A. Krishna. The correct way of pronunciation is Krishna. Krishna. So you stop it there. It's like that is Visarga. So these are the vowels. Now we will go into the consonants. Right? So these consonants are again vowels. There is no stoppage of the sound. The sound is not stopped. It is only constricted by different movements of the tongue. But in consonants, you actually stop the sound with your tongue touching the palate or touching different parts of the palate and or the teeth or whatever. So, because you stop it and therefore it's called consonant when you actually stop there in uh, Sanskrit it is called uh, what is the word one second consonants ah, Vyanjana 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 is a Sanskrit word for consonants in Sanskrit Usually we, we write S-A-N-S-K-R-I-T. If you want to write Sanskrit in I-A-S-T, here at M with a dot below, in our, there is a slight variation also in I-A-S-T. So we do it as some M with a dot above or N with a dot 
above sanskrit so sanskrit we use like that but here this is another method where m with the dot below san, sanskrit sanskrit that's actually how it is to be uh, written so you see stops vyanjana consonant stops so if you actually can read from this consonants in sanskrit are called stops this is too small for you to look at maybe but i'll just read it i can't make it bigger without going out of the screen like that so i will just read from here i hope you can see if you maybe put your but anyway i will read it out for you so or can i do like this i'll be blocked but maybe i'll just be here <laughs> so here i think that's a little more readable right so consonants in sanskrit are also called stops this is because they stop the flow of air by means of contact within the mouth by either the tongue or the lips so when you say pa pa so pa is produced when you hold it and then release it pa but when you hold it there only and don't release it is nothing comes out <laughs> so only when you after that open it pa then the pa sound comes out so so the, only that at that time it is with the lips otherwise it's all with the tongue you know um full stops not the not the dot full stop but the full stop of the air sprishta are made by complete contact that blocks the air partial stops isha ishat sprishta are also called semi vowels are made by partial contact that does not stop the air but suppress it through various mouth positions so like for example semi vowels are uh, ya 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 that is actually it is considered a semi vowel it's like vowel ya it is almost like you going backward instead of ie ya from e to a but somehow it is not classified as vowel it's classified as a semi vowel and then v you see you can produce still sound when you say ka or pa you actually can't produce the sound when you you are blocking the air you know unless you release then a pa sound sound comes so when you just keep it there it doesn't come but when you say va even when you keep it there you still can produce sound l you can still produce sound see la la so la is the sound but even you put it there l i can still produce sound so that is what is mean, meant by uh, semi vowels okay now there is even more complexity now the next layer of complexity is going to come out and that is <clears throat> aspirated and unaspirated or voiced and unvoiced now you will see what i'm talking about consonants i don't know if you can see that maybe i'll do this way okay i hope you can see this i hope that is big enough now no not this this is vowels i want to show you the consonants yeah so this is the consonants you see in the beginning 
I mean at the top, right at the top, there is unvoiced, unaspirated, unvoiced, aspirated, voiced, unaspirated, voice, aspirated and resonant or nasal. Now to understand this, let's go back and open up this one, not this, I'll open another one. Or is it here? One second. Oh yeah, it's here. So here, if you see it here, you see that unvoiced and then voiced and then nasals. You see that? Okay. Now let us try to understand this part now. So. Ka, the first one, the first is ka, ka, ga, ga, na. Now, that is called the velar series. So, all the sounds are produced when your tongue is produced, uh, touching the soft palate. Ka, you remember? The back of the upper palate, the soft palate. That's where you are touching the tongue. But, but not with the tip of your tongue, with the back of your tongue. Now, ka, alright. Unvoiced means you will understand it when you actually voice it like the difference difference between ka and ga when you say ga ga is coming from here ga deeper in the throat ga uh, when we say uh, and when we say ka you're not bringing the sound all the way from ga you know like from all the way deep into from the throat it is from ka it's just almost here that's called unvoiced ka ka so in unvoiced ka there is aspirated and unaspirated. So first two are unvoiced. As you can see here, unvoiced, it is written there. Unvoiced. So that is um, ka. And then now aspirated. Aspirated means when you force a breath of air. So ka, when you hold it there, ka, without releasing that sound there. But you can't produce any sound because it's just blocking the sound. But now, Keep it there and force some air from the throat. That will become kha. It's like K and H, like blockhead. 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 When you say blockhead, so kha. Block. And then after that, head. Blockhead. Kha. K. You know, blockhead. That kha sound is produced when you ka plus the aspirated, the, the breath. The force of breath. So this is both both are unvoiced because it's not coming from the g. There is g and g. So that is also the same concept but with voiced, with, with the deeper part of the throat. Whereas it's not just from here. So k and kh. And then voiced now. Same thing with voiced. That means the it is called uh, ghosha and aghosha. So unvoiced is aghosha ka and kha is aghosha and then ga and gha is ghosha where actually the voice comes out so i mean both the voice come out but from here from deeper part of the throat you you just try ka and ga ga you have to go even deeper so now ka kha and then ga and gha with the force of air gha you know with the force so that means so that's the difference 
So sometimes uh, when you're not used to this, everything is pronounced as ga 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 ga. You know, like in, for example, in Tamil, this difference, this voiced, aspirated, these differences are not there. Everything is like, for example, ka. This velar sounds are all produced in the onlu the same way. Ga. You know, they pronounce like ga, like that. Whereas there is ka, kha, ga, ga, it's all like ga. So, but in other languages in India, Indian languages, it is, the, all these differences are there. Ka, kha, ga, ga. Hmm. And here you can see the matra. When ka is added with these vowels. So, a, a, e, e, u, u. So, you add ka before that. Ka, ka, ki, ki, ku, ku. And with, then with ka. Ka, ka, ki, ki, ku, ku, ke. Or kr, kr. And then kr also. And then kr. And then for ka is ke. Kr, ke, kai, ko, khau, kam, ka. So, each of these consonants are added with those vowels. And there are they are also we we learn this is called matra matra means when you add the consonant to the and the vowel together um so similarly ga ga gi gi gu gu gr ge gai go gau gam ga and then gha gha ghi ghi gu gu gr and then ghe ghai go ghau gham gha gha so in this way by joining each of these, all these different sounds are produced. So now we have seen the ka, kha, ga, gha, na. This is a little bit um, tricky sound, okay? But don't worry about how to pronounce this n with the dot above. How to pronounce? Keep the tongue at the same place. Mm, no. So what is happening there? Mm, so the the sound is blocked in the mouth completely, but it's going through the nose. It's going through the... Actually, this mm, nasal sound is coming entirely from the nose. It's not coming from the mouth at all. So, because you're completely stopping it at the mouth. Try saying mm, mm, with mouth and nose closed. So, if you, if you close your nose and say mm, you won't be able to produce any sound. Why? Because actually that sound comes from the nose. This is called nasal. When we, with the mouth, pa, pa, ba, ba, ma. When you say mm, ma, mm, you see it is closed, but where the sound is coming from? So the, what happens is, mm, the sound goes into the mouth, resonates there like a chamber, like a resonance chamber and then comes out of the comes out of the uh, nose. So when you close both nose and mouth, you can't make any sound. So, so ka, ka, ga, ga, na, na. So ka, where the tongue is touching the palate, soft palate, keep the tongue at the same place, but do a nasal sound. Na. That is how that is pronounced. Na. So easy to learn because just using your tongue at the ka kha ga gha na. So, unfortunately, I cannot see you actually pronouncing it. So, I do not know if you are making any mistakes. 
So maybe, uh, I do not know, maybe we should have a more interactive class where, but you know, how many of you are here, 82 of you are here. So that will be difficult for 82 person and I have, I have to check the sounds of every single person. Mm. But try to understand the concept. Ka, kha, ga, gha, na. Alright, that is velar sounds. The next series of consonant sounds are palatal sounds. And those are when the tongue, the middle of the tongue touches the top of the hard palate. The front part of the palate is hard palate. Alright, the back part of the palate is soft palate. So, in the hard palate, at the center of the top, when the, when the tongue touches there, not with the tip of the tongue, but with the center of the tongue. Ch, ch. Okay. Now that is unvoiced. J, ch and j. The tongue touches the same, same part, but voice, you know, voiced. That is called ghosha, ghosha. Aghosha, unvoiced, is ch, and with the breath of air, ch. So stop the sound and then like ch and ha together, ch. So, a good example in English would be, hmm, thatch, actually it is not a grammatical correct, grammatically correct uh, phrase, but thatched house, but you say thatch house, thatch and house together, thatch, thatch house, ch, thatch house, so ch, that ch sound, that is aspirated, aspirated, unvoiced. So unvoiced, unaspirated, unvoiced, aspirated. Palatal sound. That is ch and ch. So palatal, unvoiced, unaspirated is ch. Palatal, unvoiced, aspirated is ch. And palatal, voiced, unaspirated is j. Voiced. J from deeper part of the throat, right? But the tongue touching the same way and it's not with the force of air. J. When you do it with the force of air, J. Ah. So there is J. Um, good example in English would be actually if you see the if you see the Bhagavad Gita in that, they will actually pronounce, they will help you understand with English as well. Ah. Hedgehog. Hedgehog, you know the word when hedgehog is you see this hedgehog. The, pro the sound that is pronounced by produced by D G E uh, E H J hedgehog J that J is with J with a H together not Jaha not Chaha not again with the some people I mean when you're not used to it you can make the sound like instead of Kha you may say Kaha it is not Kaha together it's there is no K A H A K H A Kha Ka with aspirated Ga is not Gaha Gha before even you release Ga 
and then seha put the force of the breath gha instead of saying ga gha so that's how you do it it's not gha it's not kaha and in palatal it's not chaha it's cha and ja and dha not jaha dha and then nya nya is same part but nasal sound nya so the count this you are actually stopping when you say cha that's rishnadhamma so when you are saying cha if you don't release your tongue from the top only when you release the cha sound comes but if you don't release nothing comes out that's why it's called a stop consonant cha so but here nya you're touching you're touching it at the top but the sound is coming where where from nose that is called the nasal sound so nya so that's how it's pronounced palatal nasal sound so all the while the consonants are in this order with the different parts is the different varga that's why prabhupad say this material life as pavarga which is the last one we will go to labial labial series pavarga is pa pa ba bha ma and that actually is material world and the spiritual world is apavarga i will explain why later on when we get there so this velar palatal retroflex dental and labial series and in each series there is unaspirated uh, unvoiced unaspirated unvoiced aspirated voiced unaspirated voiced aspirated and the nasal this is the way right now let's go to the next one next series which is a retroflex all in sanskrit it is called forgot the word okay let me just see uh so kanthya is velar palatal is talavya retroflex is murdhanya murdhanya so this is quite easy to pronounce ta some people pronounce pronounce it as ta i see this especially in singapore and maybe i think in maybe in philippines as well to say take take like intake so they say take take it's like ta ta as in um what is a good word ta 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 i can't think of an english word i don't know why so ta it's not take it's take so how to pronounce this so this is retroflex ta tha da dha na so here the tongue i don't know if you have noticed the part of the tongue that touches the top this is retroflex retroflex ta you see here is retroflex resonant that is na na so when you are stopping and then this is how the air goes the blue line you see that the blue line that is where the air air goes like that no that is a nasal sound that's why it comes out of the nose as it, as you can see in the picture here so now we are not talking about the resonant we are talking about the whole series so ta the tip of the tongue touches the top of the hard palate very easy to do this ta and then now same ta with force of breath tha not taha not taha tha right tha um 
that is unvoiced if you remember unvoiced you see that at the top unvoiced uh, here unvoiced and voiced okay and then within unvoiced there is unaspirated and aspirated so you look at this ta in sanskrit so this is sanskrit alphabet and in the below is how we would write in our english or romanized transliteration or iast transliteration method so ta ta and tha unvoiced unaspirated unvoiced aspirated and then da you see ta and da da comes from below you know deeper part of the throat da and then dha dha is again same thing below but with force of breath dha and then finally na 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 this na when we say krishna this is the na that we are pronouncing was all or supposed to pronounce it's not krishna na is na krishna so that's how it's called. na same thing as you would pronounce ta the tongue is slightly rolled up against the top so, the same position na na nasal sound na try to say na but with the tongue at the top na so that is na that in english we write as n with a dot below as you can see krishna na that na this na is what we are pronouncing here krishna so this is the retroflex series or the murdhanya series and then there is the dental series as you can see here dental series which is ta so this the tongue has to touch at the joint of the gums and the teeth ta at the upper teeth ta ta now same ta with force of breath aspirated tha not taha not taha tha tha all right ta tha da dha na na this is the normal n which you already know na na so ta tha da dha na so as you can see as we go from velar to palatal to retroflex to dental to labial we are moving from velar uh what is that palatal and then retroflex is the same part but with the tongue with the tongue rolled up that is retroflex and then the teeth dental and finally the labial which is the lips so we are moving from here to here in the remember in the vowels also a e u you see the same order from here to here so you can see an order a system there the order in which the vowels and the consonants are arranged so dental so now we are moving closer to the lips okay now it's the teeth dental <coughs> ta tha then now voiced the difference between ta and the 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 is when we are using the voice like deep inside the throat the or without that ta the ta the you see them this this lesson is all about sounds so many sounds so it's important because this is the foundation the basis of the whole 
all the shlokas and all that we want to learn, this is the foundation. So, ta and tha, the, dha, same the with force of breath, aspirated. Dha, <coughs> it's not dha. Dha means you're, you're doing, the force of breath is coming after you have already released the dha. <coughs> it's an unvoiced dha or unaspirated dha and then ha followed by ha. <coughs> closely after. No, it should not be closely after. It should be together. It's not the ha. The ha. No. The. While releasing it with the air. The. So that's the. Ta, the, the. For those who are who already know Hindi and Indian languages, it may be boring because you already know these sounds. But it may be interesting because of the signs behind it. You see how the. We have to understand our vocal system to know why the order of the alphabets are in this way. It would have been so nice if in school when we were taught, to all Indians who are watching this, if we were, when we were taught our alphabets, if we were taught in this way, we would, we would understand it much better and it would be much more interesting. But unfortunately, we were never told why it is first ka and then cha and then ta and then ta and then pa. We just learned it. There is no order. I mean, there is order, but we never were taught the, the reason behind that order. But when we understand it, we appreciate it so much more. How much more scientific this is. Now compare, after this, you compare English alphabet. And where is the order? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. There is no order, you know. Sometimes it is produced from here, sometimes from the lips, from the, sometimes from the back, sometimes from in, in the center. It's all over the place. There is no order. Although we are used to that, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. But we are, we, are, we are just, because we have been taught that way, it's, it's easier for us to understand. But there is no order. But here you see so much order and science. So that's why our Sanskrit is so scientific. <coughs> ta, tha, da, dha, na. Na is nasal sound. The sound is entirely coming from the nose. That's why you try saying na with nose closed. Mm. You can't say it, no sound will come. If you close, mm, your mouth is open. Mm, you can't, you, although your mouth is open, because in the mouth it is stopped. The air is completely stopped. No. And it is coming from the nose. So try to understand that sound is all about manipulating the our vocal cavity. Just like if a wind is blowing and if there is a small gap in the door, you know that sound which is different from um, you know when the door is wide open um, when it bristles through the tree leaves and that sound is different so all sounds are produced by force of air but how it is stopped by different things when it is hitting glass it is different when it is hitting metal it is different when it is hitting wood it is different so the whole sound is produced in air but with this, all these stoppings and with this manipulation with this compression so so, same thing with our voice box, <clears throat> with our whole vocal system, right? Next series, Pavarga. So, this is, first is, Velar is Kavarga. Varga means series. Varga means series. Velar, Kavarga. Kavarga means because the first alphabet is Ka. So, that is called Ka series. Then, Cha series, Ta series, uh, Ta series and Pa series. After that is semi-vowels, sibilance and glottal. But... <clears throat> So, this Pa Varga is a what um, Prabhupada used to refer to as uh, material world. 
why we will go there for, but first we will learn the pronunciation first pa <coughs> so the the sound is stopped by the lips this time not by the tongue pa the tongue is doing almost nothing it's just relaxing pa the tongue is right at the bottom it's nothing it's not doing the whole stoppage is by the now the lips just like ooh it's not stopping but constricted this time we stop pa pa and then pa with voiced uh, sorry aspirated with the breath the force of breath so unvoiced is pa compared with ba ba pa ba ba is deeper in the throat ba that is voiced or ghosha this is aghosha Un- unvoiced is aghosha in sanskrit aghosha so ba pa ba bha bha same thing so labial unvoiced unaspirated pa labial unvoiced aspirated pa in hindi this pa is pronounced as fa but in sanskrit it is wrong it is wrong in sanskrit to say it as fa no pa it has to be pronounced as pa what you see is what you get that's why in indian languages that's why in sanskrit is perfect but the other indian languages are derivatives of sanskrit so sometimes there are you know it's it's not exactly what you see is what you get it is different like the last class the last session of this series of the sloka learning will be the learning of bengali there you will see it very prominently that what you see is not what you get <laughs> because bengali accent is different so we will see that in the last session i will tell you but so same with hindi also they when you see this they say fa but in sanskrit there is no fa pa so it is a very scientific sound which is pa with the lips closed all the whole pa varga is with the lips closed there is no fa with the teeth touching the no no that is wrong so everything is with the lips closed pa same pa with force of breath aspirated pa not paha not paha pa before you even re- you release the pa f- do it with the breath pa pa uh, english equivalent would be um um top house i'm just making it up there's no phrase like that but top house top house top house pa the p followed by h immediately not top house you know no it's not paha top house pa that's how it pronounced so pa 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 and then ba same like pa but with the deeper part of the throat ba ba and then now with the same ba with force of breath ba ba not ba not ba like a uh, clubhouse clubhouse it's not clubhouse <laughs> clubhouse so clubhouse ba that's how it's pronounced clubhouse so ba so this is aspirated voiced aspirated <clears throat> finally nasal ma ma mm it's closed where is it coming from nose so the nose is where it's coming from that's why it's called nasal so what is happening mm it is reverberating inside the resonating inside the mouth chamber and then going up in from the nose it is coming out mm 
that's why it's called nasal all the nasal sounds happen the same way velar palatal retroflex dental labial nasal sounds so in the velar it is here it is stopped so the resonance is a little bit only as you can see here you see velar resonant mm, you see mm, the air the pass passage of air is the sound is the blue line as you can see here the blue line is going from the here directly from to into the nose that is the nose the mouth is below you see it's completely stopped there mm. but palatal mm. cha like cha cha but put the tongue same way Mm, do the nasal sound so the air is moving a little bit inside the moving a little bit inside the mouth and then going up so that's why this is a different sound and then there is retroflex retroflex resonant na ta ta tha da dha na na so that sound is a little more you see you see the you see the diagram here the blue line here it is very short the this thing going up but before it goes up here you see more na na but now you see here dental na you see how much more it is going inside the mouth resonating and then coming out from the nose finally ma is right at the lips so the sound is fully resonating in the mouth and then going out of the nose so this is how the nasal sounds are produced so this is the vargas now why prabhupada says pa varga is materialistic life and apavarga apavarga vartmani apavarga means um, transcendental so because pa varga each of these pa is parishram stands for parishram not here but when we say pa varga compared comparing it with materialistic life materialistic life is full of suffering so each of these pa pha ba bhama presents five different types of sufferings and that is material world so pa means parishram hard labor parishrama means shrama means labor parishrama means very hard labor so in this world in this world we have to work very very hard parishrama and then there is pha pha stands for phena phena means foam foam so uh, foam you know when we when a horse runs so fast it forms in the mouth it means it's so even when we run very very hard until to the point of complete exhaustion almost to the point of going unconscious that time they will be forming in the mouth sometimes when people go unconscious also they may form in the mouth that is called phena so parishram the hard labor is so much that it you know it we form in the mouth of course not maybe not literally but to the point of exhaustion we get exhausted in this material world we work so hard and the results are almost so that that actually is the next one ba byartha byartha means it's is frustrating hmm it's frustrating because the result is almost insignificant even after you achieve the goal that you wanted to achieve there still still so many things not satisfying in the life so byarthata byarthata means so that is um frustration so that is a third element of materialistic life and then there is the fourth one which is bha bha stands for bhaya bhaya means fear 
bhaya. So everyone is fearful. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. So everyone has this anxiety. So it's bhaya. And that's why we go to work. That's why we have defense systems. We have insurance. Why we have insurance? Bhaya is fear. So this is another aspect of materialistic life. And finally, ma stands for marana or mrityu, which is death. So hard labor, foaming to the point of foaming and then leading to frustration. And then finally, there is and also there is fear. And finally, there is death. So materialistic life is called pavarga because of this. And apavarga is transcendental life, spiritual life. That is called liberation. Apavarga means liberation because a, just opposite. A, when the a prefix is used, it is opposite of pavarga. So pavarga is these five things. Apavarga means opposite of this. That means there is no hard labor. There is no foaming in the mouth, there is no frustration, there is no fear and there is no death. That is the spiritual world. Therefore, Vaikuntha is called Vigata Kuntha Yasmaditi Vaikuntha. Kuntha means anxiety. So, in this world, all these sufferings are there. In the Vaikuntha, in the Vaikuntha Vigata Kuntha. Vigata means there is no absence of anxiety. Vigata Kuntha Yasmad. In that place where there is no misery, that is Vaikuntha. So, that's why Apavarga means liberation. So, that's why Prabhupada explained in this way. Pavarga, labial. This is actually where it is coming from. Now, we will go to the semi-vowels. Semi-vowels, ya. Ya is, is like I, you know, the vowel I, A to E. Now, it is from E to A, ya. It's like that, ya. It's not ya, but ya. You don't actually pronounce the E in the beginning. You just go directly from that mouth position to A. Ya, ya, not ya, ya. So somehow it is classified as semi-vowel. Ya, and then ra, ra, ra. So some parts of the world they cannot pronounce this, especially in America and British, they can't pronounce ra. They say ra, ra, ra. It's not exactly ra. Um, it's ra, ra. So, why it is called semi-vowel? <coughs> because you are touching the top. You are stopping. But you are also producing sound at the same time. So, vowel is when you when the sound is unobstructed. And consonant is when the sound is obstructed. But here it is kind of obstructed and also not obstructed. You are obstructing it but still the sound is going around the tongue and going out of the mouth. And then because it is it's like vibrating at the top there. Touching and not touching, touching and not touching. At the top, ra, ra, so that's how it's pronounced. So ra is a semi-vowel. La, so when you la, you can still produce produce sound. You see, although your tongue is touching at the top, the sound is going from around in the mouth, around the tongue, and then going out of the going out of the mouth. So that's why it is stop and not stop. So that's why it's a semi-vowel. And then va, va is also the same category. Va, va, still the sound is coming. V. But you're stopping it. It's like the the teeth, the top teeth is touching the bottom uh, lip, so it is stop kind of. But there is slight uh, allowance of air to go out, the sound to go out. So there's va, that is semi-vowel. So that is, I think, quite straightforward. And then we will go to sibilance. Sibilance is the S sound. So, there are three variants of S. This, I think, for devotees, it's the most uh, com um, confusing part of the spellings when we say 
Krishna or you know uh, Shastra. Shastra, there is two types of S there. And Shushrushaha, there is two types of S. And then is I think there is also word Sahasrasa. Mm. There are words with also all the three also. But anyway, so there are three types of S. As you can see, I don't know if you can see it here, but I will write it here. Easy to see. <clears throat> so first is uh, I'll try to be as neat as possible. Hmm. So in the top is the Sanskrit uh, Devanagari script. So that is this Devanagari script. And in the bottom it is Romanized or English script, but with all those dots and uh, lines, accents. Now, in Sanskrit you would write as it's shown on the top. In in at below is what we would see in our usual when we show the sloka, uh, shloka. It's not sloka, it's shloka. <laughs> shloka is the first one. Shloka. And Prabhupada was very particular. You, 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 we saw in the first episode yesterday that you see how much he, he stressed, especially that one lecture, where he, he wanted the devotees to pronounce it perfectly. R, the A, the Sh, and the Sh. So now we will try to understand how to produce this sibilant sound. So why is this categorized as different? So although it is consonant, you see you can still produce the sound. See, you can still produce a sound even though it is closed. It's not exactly closed, it's almost closed. There is kind of touch, but it's also not touch. And you're forcing the air through it. The breath is forced through that very small gap. S is dental. It's like your tongue is almost at the uh, near the teeth. But for the breath, you're forcing it through that small gap. That is sibilant. Same thing. <clears throat> so first... Sh, sh, sh is produced when the tongue is like when you're producing, uh, for when you're saying ch, ch, at the same position, uh, position, I forgot my pronunciation, <laughs> at the same position, um, sh, sh is produced from that, ch, the tongue, keep it at the same position, ch, but don't touch it very close to the top and force the breath in just like sir say sh, sh, sh. so that's where it is sh is almost like ch but you're not touching it sh. force the air out with the tongue at the ch position sh, sh. so when we say shloka or when we say Shastra. When we say Shastra, there are two S here. So, <clears throat> Sha is Sha from this one. And what is that S with the dot below? This, this S with the dot below is what you see when you read the word Krishna. 
that s with the dot below is pronounced sh like uh, velar ka ka in that position of ka but sh 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 so the air is forced through that sh 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 so it's different from sh which is at the ch position it is now at the ka position sh sh so that is the difference between sh and sh it is almost when you if you are not aware of this you may not see that much of a difference but it uh, when you know then you can actually notice if we cannot say shloka it's shloka shloka not shloka you see that more of a voice involved there sh sh it's also coming with the voiced deeper in the throat sh and back of the mouth and the ka position ka velar position kanthya sh sh whereas sh it's unvoiced it's not like sh oh that that is not there sh so sh is more voiced and from the back of the throat and then the breath is forced through that small gap that's why when the when the air when the wind when the storm you know or a wind a strong wind is passing through a small gap it produces the hissing hissing sounds hiss that's why it's called a hiss because the it's very small gap the air is going passing through that hissing sound so that sound or that sound or these sounds will be seen in the waterfall or that sounds so these are the sibilants so now if you want to pronounce shastra there are two s you can see one with the one with the accent on top or in the french we say accent accent on top and one simple s without any dot or accent on top so <clears throat> the first is pronounced as sh and a with the line above is a so sha then s with nothing no dot no accent s so shas shastra t r a t is the dental one t and r and a so shastra it's not sastra it's not sastra some sometimes of course i don't blame you because you were not taught in this way so devotees make mistakes so they say shastra it's not shastra you know it's not a it's not you see the last a doesn't have a line on top you see so that is a not a shastra but here there is a line on top so that is a so and then it is not shastra sa shastra means it is the same as s but no here s with the accent on top first so sh and then the second one is sa shastra that's how it's pronounced sh remember ch position and sh is ka position sh sh and then sa is dental ta position sa so sh sh sa somehow it's not in the order of from here to here it is from here and then here and then here i don't know why but anyway you can see how to pronounce it 
and when we say krishna 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 so it is you see now you will better understand how to pronounce krishna it's not krishna that's why the word when we write as k r i s h n a this is very ambiguous spelling because kri in sanskrit we can either write it as we can write it like this this also produce the sound kri actually this is the correct kri so this for those of you who do not know sanskrit or hindi it will be a bit uh, difficult to understand what i am saying so but it's not krishna and sh it can be either this or this meaning this in sanskrit or this which one so when we say sh it can be sh or sh both can be sh right so but but when we use s with the dot below ah, then we know exactly which one which sh sh it's a behind krishna krishna and then n n is also there are two actually there are many as we can see here you see how many wait a second how many n are there in the this 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 i, I can't draw on this at the last the nasal sounds n n n n n uh, only last one is ma m others all n which n how to pronounce so this is n with the dot below na ta ta varga the tongue on the top of the tip of the tongue on the retroflex or cerebral or murdhanya so the tongue is touching at the top na 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 try to try to pronounce it as i am saying na tongue is slightly rolled up and the back of the tongue not like you don't have to roll your tongue all the way like you know like a like a what is that roll uh i forgot the, <laughs> there is a preparation what is that uh, swiss roll yeah swiss roll you don't have to do like a swiss roll complete roll of the tongue but it's like slight very slight na na at the top na na so krishna krishna it's not kri this r with dot is not equal to this it's not i'm congesting here the whole thing is congested wait here i'll draw it this is not equal to this so is krishna is not krishna or krishna krishna r r not ri not ru not ra r krishna krishna so that's the actual pronunciation of the word krishna okay although i'm saying all these things not many can pronounce it exactly we should try our best i'm i'm teaching these things because so that you understand the whole science Hmm? we should try our best to replicate the sounds actually it is possible if you practice a little bit so please try to practice it will it may take some time for some of you don't worry you can watch this video <laughs> i know it's very long but what is the time one and a half hours so yeah so it can be a little bit complicated it doesn't take much time actually it doesn't take much time if you understand the order little practice and you will be up to speed and you can pronounce all the words like how would you pronounce this not takur takur sometimes 
when you don't know how to pronounce it, devotees may say Thakur. No, it's not Thakur. 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 In, in um, Bengali or Hindi, we say Thakur. In Sanskrit, Thakura. Ra. Ra. You see the uh, A this, and the N. But in Bengali, we may say Thakur. The A at the end is not pronounced. That's why you, you sometimes see Prabhupada, you see Prabhupada. When we say Prabhupada, why we say Prabhupada? Actually, it's Prabhupada, right? Prabhu, it's not Prabhu, Prabhu, BH, Bha, Pavarga. Uh, so it is labial with the lips, voiced. From here, B and aspirated, B. Label, voiced, aspirated sound, B. Prabhu, Pada, Pa, the line on top, uh, and the Prabhu Pada. So that's how it's actually supposed to be pronounced in the pure Sanskrit form. But Prabhu Pada is almost the last Pada is like is pronounced like this Prabhu Pada with the A not pronounced. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's just that Bengali or Hindi is pronounced like that. If you want to be pure, pure Sanskrit, it's Prabhupada. Prabhupada. <laughs> That's pure Sanskrit. It's not Prabhu. Sometimes I see some writing it as Prabhupada. Prabhupada. No, that's totally wrong. It's not Prabhupada. It's Prabhupada. Pada. Alright. So... We will try to now, I do not know if we have time for these things, but I wanted to actually, um, you let me know in the comments if we continue, because I wanted to show some examples of words. I think we will quickly go, I think because, um, otherwise without examples, it's not so good, right? We will look at a few examples of Arjuna. Arjuna, A, this is A, the first vowel, A, and this is also first, and this is also U, A, A, E, E, U, this is J, Arjuna, N is the normal N, Na, normal, as in normal, the N in normal, but N with the, for Krishna is, when you, in English, equivalent will be R and N, like barn, when you say Barn, this na, sorry. The na sound is actually like this, like this R N sound. N, barn, n, barn. So the tongue is touching at the top. Na, that is the na sound. <coughs> so Arjuna, that is a. A means. Abrahma Bhuvanal Lokan Punaravartin Arjuna you know, Abrahma or Shastra Sha that is A. So there are, so all these word all these verses, the Sanskrit words, they are made of these these alphabets only. So it's quite I don't know if you have to go for each and every letter. I think you can do that homework yourself. I think if I if I'm gonna do, there'll be so many words like that. Um, what we can do though 
is chant some shlokas with all these combinations. Maybe I can show you some shlokas and couple of slokas. I can't do a very comprehensive one. This you have to do probably on your own. So what I have taught you is the basics. So as we say, as I say, in seven or eight sessions, you can't, I can't, even I, I'm not a Sanskrit scholar myself. And um, I can't teach also all that I know in eight sessions as well. But these are the basics. And actually, if you just practice these basics with all the you know, that's why Prabhupada said, I have given the diacritic marks, I have given the diacritic, so many lectures he said this, I have given the diacritic marks, I have given the pronunciation, I have given the, the meaning of each word, why? Because I want you to learn, pronouncing it, understanding it, chanting it, preaching it. So, you practice, now I have already taught you the basics, so practice these sounds, when you read the shlokas, uh, keep, keep, what I suggest is this, practically speaking so this this sheet here maybe you know this one this one you keep it uh, with you on the side and then when you look at the um, you know shloka you try to which is which is the one which varga it is and which you know how to pronounce it I could have actually taught you without this whole alphabet this whole thing just how to pronounce a, e, and all the diacritic marks, na and na and na and na and ma and all these things. But you wouldn't appreciate it as much as when it is presented in this way. Now it is very scientific. Now you know there is there is a there is a pattern, there is a system, there is a there is a structure in place, and that is this. It's it's so scientific. So now you will better appreciate. And when we say na, you will know where to find na or retroflex if the tongue is touching at the top. So that is retroflex and with the dot below, oh, that is na. Okay. So that's how you need to understand these sounds. Then you will better appreciate how to pronounce this, all the words. So you go and practice, you take a Bhagavad Gita or the shloka book. You know, this is, yesterday we were talking about the shloka book. These are two different covers. The older one used to be this one, sorry. The older one used to be this one. Uh, it is Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Shlokas. But now, you wouldn't find it in this way. You would find it this, with this cover. Selected verses from the Vedic scriptures. This is how you would uh, get this. It's the same book basically, but old and new versions. Mm, when I started, I was using this one. And now it is like this. So, it's the same thing. It's actually the... All the shlokas that Prabhupada used, I would rather hold this one because this is what you will be seeing now. So, um, in this, if you can see the table of contents, there is the selected verses, I don't know if you can see that, selected verses from the Bhagavad Gita as it is, selected verses from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Ishopanishad, Upadeshamrita, Brahma Samhita, and if you open the page, sorry. You see, Garuda Puran. Wait, wait a second. I can't see myself, so I'm trying to. Okay, you see, from the Puranas, all these, you know, so many verses. So I would, I would suggest you go to the maybe Bhagavad Gita verses for beginning in the start, and chant those verses with this sheet. This sheet opened up. It's unfortunately this sheet is not. It, sh it should have been actually there in this book. 
but it is there in the Bhagavad Gita. And it is there in the Bhagavad Gita. You can open that page. Here it is 877. Maybe in your, maybe it's the same page or not. I don't know. So you can open that page and then keep it at the side. And then when you when you see the marks, the diacritic marks, take effort. Now take a little bit effort to pronounce them correctly. After you are used to it, you will you will be so much happier because you will know exactly how to pronounce it. Oh, what is happening? Wait a second, my display is somehow not connected now. Wait a second. I don't know why is that. Anyway, we have come to the end of the class. Luckily, we did not have this problem while during the class. I'm trying to connect it back. Give me a second. So I hope, um, anyway, we have come to the end of the session. But I'm just worried why it is not detecting the display. Oh yeah. Oh. One second, huh? One second. Mm. It's kind of acting a little bit weirdly. So I disconnected for a while. Since we're anyway at the end of the class and by Krishna's grace it went all good until now. Now I have to figure out how to use it for the tomorrow's session because I have to fix this issue. Let's see how that happens. Uh, I will not waste your time. Um, so, thank you very much for coming on board and uh, I hope you have learned something in this lesson and if you can put it into practice, it will be very, very good and you will be able to learn all the slokas. This is the foundation and tomorrow we will look at Sandhi, which is the joining and division of words and I think that is a much easier or maybe not as long as this class. So anyway, and if you have any questions until now, we will take up any questions. And uh, I do not know how I'm going to show the answers without, if I have to show without the screen. It's a bit boring for me. Oh, there we have it. Okay. Krishna's grace. Good. Hare Krishna. Okay, now we will take any questions. Do we have questions? There are a few only. Okay. Vishnu Teja. Good. He has asked a good question. I like it. Is bhava more important than pronunciation? Is pronunciation more important or bhava more important? Bhava. The answer is bhava. Then why are we learning pronunciation? Because that will help, will help you understand and learn these shlokas. It is a, I mean, just like if we did not know, if we were completely uneducated and if we did not know alphabets, we would not even be able to read, right? So it's just alphabets. These are just alphabets, just in Sanskrit. Hmm. Of course, we did not, I did not come to the, I did not explain the signs of, um, what is it called? Syllables. Yeah, we missed it. 
Okay, before we take questions, I just want to touch upon the syllables. So, in Sanskrit, the alphabets are all syllable based. So, in a sense, syllable is when there is only, in a syllable is a packet of sound in which there is only one and only one vowel. Alright, there is only one vowel. So, there is no two vowels. So, for example, bhaya, when I say bhaya or shastra, for example, this word shastra, there are how many syllables here? So, sha and stra. In each of these packets of sounds, <coughs> there is only one vowel. So, that one vowel is when the packet of sound has only one vowel, that is a syllable. So, although in English we have <coughs> six alphabets, in Sanskrit, I actually, oh yeah. This is in Sanskrit, if you write Shastra in Sanskrit. So, there are only two characters, you see two alphabets, Sha and Stra. In English, you won't be able to probably divide into which are actually the two syllables. Like I may think, Shas is one and Tra is one, but no, that is wrong. Sha is one and stra is one. You will understand that if you understand the actual Devanagari script which is here, Shastra in the Devanagari. Sha is Sha plus Akimatra. So, Sha and Stra is Stra, half Sa and then Tra. So, Tra is again two words, Ta and Ra together Tra. So, in this way we can understand. So, in Sanskrit, you see, it's only two alphabets, Sha and Stra. Stra is a combination of two alphabets, but it's one alphabet together. So, this is the advantage of Sanskrit. So, as many syllables there are, that many alphabets there are. Now, if I say, let's take a longer word, um, Apavarga, Apavarga. Four, right? Four syllables. A, pa, varga. But if I write in English, eight alphabets. If I write in uh, Sanskrit, a, pa, var, ga. You see, four. 1, 2, 3, 4. Apa varga. 4 syllables, 4 alphabets. The word is formed of 4 alphabets. Ga and ra. Ra before the ga is rga. So, apa varga. So, if you want to divide in English, a, pa, va, rga. Not, not, var and ga. No, that is wrong. It is va and rga. As you can see in the Sanskrit, this is Rga. So, anyway, that is more technical. But this is what I wanted to say that syllables and alphabets is the same in Sanskrit. Whereas syllables is a separate subject altogether from alphabets in English. That's why the phonetics is much easier in Sanskrit. That's why Sanskrit is the most 
even in computation even for computers they say sanskrit is the most easiest language because what you see is what you get it is very clear in english what you see is not what you get um, as as we have already seen in the beginning of the class like all those knife q and all this uh, no I, I, for example if there is i'll just take another word k n o w no and no what is the difference in pronunciation there is no pro- difference in pronunciation so that is the imperfection in in english but in sanskrit there is no such thing what you see is what you get so when we see a word in sanskrit it's exactly the same way to be pronounced apavarga so that is syllable based so that i i missed out so that is how perfect sanskrit is so now we will go back to the question bhava important or pronunciation is important so bhava so sometimes for example when we go to china we went many times to china so the devotees there they can't pronounce as clearly and even american devotees probably unless they are actually practiced in sanskrit pronunciation they may be able, may not be able to be about i mean may not be able to pronounce sorry um the sanskrit words clearly for example ra they can't say ra easily ra like mm, krishna krishna they say krishna it's not krishna it's krishna or it's not even krishna it's krishna as we have learned so they can't pronounce it well and the chinese they would say like something like klesna klesna you know in this way it's much different from the words but the krishna is i mean lord krishna is bhavagrahi janardana there is one nice verse in the chaitanya bhagavat i think it is quoted from i don't know which puran but um i don't want to take it take it out now i don't know how to take it out because it's in the chaitanya bhagavat so it is said um murkho vadati vishnaya dhiro vadati vishnave ubhayostu samam punyam bhavagrahi janardana i think this is chaitanya bhagavat if anybody of you can put it in the comments that will be helpful uh, in the chaitanya bhagavat i think in the adi or antilila antya khanda adi khanda i think adi khanda chapter 1 text 108 or something uh, it is there it is there this this verse i'm just guessing maybe i'm wrong with the numbers but the verse is like this murkho vadati vishnaya dhiro vadati vishnave ubhayostu samam punyam bhavagrahi janardana <clears throat> so now grammatically murkho murkho means uh, fool uh, illiterate would say vishnaya like krishnaya krishnaya means to krishna unto krishna so you may say in the same way krishna so krishna krishnaya so vishnu vishnaya but actually grammatically it is wrong it is not because it is krishna and vishnu when is u so ending with u it's become vishnave vishnave it's not vishnaya but an illiterate who is not uh, some, who does not have sound knowledge of the grammar he may say murkho vadati vishnaya but dhiro one who is actually um, i mean educated in grammar very well he will say vishnave which is actually correct grammatically the first one is grammatically wrong ubhayostu samam punyam Uh, yes malati priya mataji thank you very much uh, chaitanya bhagavat adikhanda yes ubhayostu samam punyam ubhayostu samam punyam means ubhaya means both tu samam means same punyam 
both will get the same benefit of chanting uh, because bhavagrahi janardana janardan krishna is he accepts the bhava the mood in which you are if you are chanting of course it is it does not mean that when i can chant i should do my best but even if that best is not uh, correct it doesn't matter the best is what krishna wants to do. we should try our best like in ramayan you know hanuman and all the vanaras were throwing big big stones and hanuman were throwing the biggest stone when they were constructing that ram setu that bridge to lanka and all the monkeys were throwing big big stones and hanuman was throwing the biggest ones you know most powerful and then there was a squirrel small squirrel he was also throwing stones how how, how big can a squirrel throw <laughs> so he was throwing so hanuman said no please move out of the way what is the use of your stone anyway it doesn't make any difference no ram said no what the squirrel is doing and what you are doing hanuman is the same for me because bhavagrahi janad he is doing his best you are doing your best it's not that if hanuman throws small small stones uh, that is not correct of course hanuman ji doesn't do anything wrong i'm give, giving an example but so if we have the capacity krishna said patram pushpam phalam toyam give me a leaf a flower a fruit water and if i am a billionaire and i give oh krishna's leaf oh let i give a leaf water little bit water no according to my position i should give my best that's why prabhupada said krishna does not see how much you give krishna sees how much you keep if i keep suppose a, a poor man comes and donates uh, $10 here and his daily wage may be $12 and he comes and puts $10 here um, that means uh, let's take a better number his daily wage is $10 and he put he is putting $8 so 80% of his daily wage he is putting here huh? compared to that if a billionaire comes and puts $10000 but he is earning billions the percentage is the bhava bhava is a, is not the amount it's the percentage of how much i can do and how much i am doing that is bhava so bhava if i can pronounce well and if i don't if i'm careless about it and i don't care that is not good bhava oh bhavagrahi jana krishna will understand no krishna i will pronounce any how pronunciation is not important bhava is important bhava is what then we should do our best that is bhava if we do slacken and we do our own way that is not good bhava we don't have enough feelings for krishna we should offer the best thing for krishna right so within our capacity our best thing that's also stated in the hmm, 11th canto of shrimad bhagavatam i think 11 27 54 no somewhere it is said there is a verse that we should offer maybe some of you can help me with that verse in the comments sorry <laughs> i'm giving you some work here so that there it is said we should offer the best things in our position to krishna that is correct so although krishna asked why did he ask patram pushpam phalam toyam so that even the poorest man can give something to krishna hmm. but it does not mean that uh, a rich man i should not give like duryodhan prepared prepared a lavish feast very very grand but he had no devotion because he was against krishna's devotees the pandavas but vidura vidura's house was very simple and in in his ecstasy of you know oh, the lord of the universe the lord of everything has come into my home in that ecstasy he was he did not know what he was doing he was you know he only had some fruits bananas and that banana he was you know peeling it and he was throwing the banana and giving the skin to krishna to eat 
I mean, only a cow would eat that, you know. But he was giving the skin to Krishna and Krishna was eating the skin. <laughs> he, was, he knew. Hey, he did not say, hey, Vidra, what are you doing, you know, you give me the banana. We would say that, I mean, we cannot eat the skin, but Krishna can eat anything, you know. So, <laughs> so Krishna, he accepted the skin from Vidura. Uh, and he was eating, Krishna was eating nicely. I, I mean, only a cow would eat that. So, and in Ramayana also, there is a Shabari, who, in the, she is a tribal woman in the forest. And when Ramchandra was going in the forest, she um, was a forest woman, but she was a very great devotee of Lord, uh, Lord Ram. So, when Ram was there, she wanted to offer the best uh, berries, you know, berries from the trees. So, she collected so many berries and she would taste them, then give it to Ram. Uh, who would do that? How can you eat something and give it to Krishna? No. But Ram ate. Why did he eat? Because Shabri was not uh, tasting to tea. Ah, nice, nice. Uh, then, uh, okay, you take, you take Ram. No, that is different bhava. But her bhava was, I must give the best berry to Ram. Then she tasted, oh, this is sour. No, I will not give this. Then, oh, this is sweet. Okay, this should be given to Ram. So, in this way, she was giving the best thing. Of course, we cannot imitate this. We are not in the position of Shabari. She is a pure devotee. We, our rule is that we cannot taste. Hmm. So, a bhava must be, Krishna must get the best thing. So, that is bhava. So, if I, why did the acharyas, like, you know, yesterday also we have seen the verse, manasi japhani jushte, labdha pathos medushte, timiragahana rupe, hamta samsara kupe, ajitanikhila raksha, hetu mudhara daksham, upanayama mahaste, bhakti rajyum namaste. So, why, so rhyming so nice? Bhavagrahi Janardhan, right? No, but the, the Acharyas, they try to do their best. Best poetry. Uttama Shloka. Nice words. Best poetic meter. Everything like this. But even if it does not have these things, it does not reduce in spiritual potency and that is explained in this verse. It's a very good question that Vishnu Teja has asked. Thank you, Vishnu Teja. Because this opens up a very important topic and uh, it's important as we learn pronunciation, how we should learn it. So here, <clears throat> Kanto 1, Chapter 5, Text 11 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Tadvagvisargo janatagha viplavo yasmin pratishlokam abadhavatyapi namanyanantasya yashonkitaniyat shrinvanti gayanti grananti sadhavah. On the other hand, that literature which is full of descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name, fame, forms, pastimes, etc. of the unlimited spiritual law, Supreme Lord is a different creation compared with the materialistic, compared with the materialistic books. Full of transcendental words directed toward bringing about a revolution in the impious lives of this world's misdirected civilization. Such transcendental literatures, even though imperfectly composed, are heard, sung and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest because they accept the bhava. The, just like Prabhupada said, when, a, when there is a fire in the house, in the neighbor's house, if they are speaking some other language than yours and if they don't understand your language, still you will try to help them, you will use sign language or you say whatever you want, you know, you, to, you know to indicate if there is a fire, there is a fire, you know, somehow or other you want to get the message out. So, even though it is come uh, composed in imperfect language. It doesn't matter. This main thing is the bhava. The, what is the message? That is more important. So, of course, as we are learning this pronunciation, we should not um, discriminate against devotees who may not be able to pronounce uh, properly. We should, even if we can pronounce well, 
of course if you if we can help the other person uh, pronounce better that is good that's ex exactly why we are having this class so that you can understand the pronunciation and Prabhupada also stressed there are diacritic marks and please learn this pronunciation and Prabhupada when the when he was saying ghate tartha no he was saying ghate ghate tartha no it's not ghate tartha ghate tartha so he was pronounced see he was teaching the correct pronunciation why did do it why did he do it so we should try our best we should try our best and actually for many people it should not be difficult if they learn what what we have taught today it should not be difficult but if it is difficult for some maybe for for example i said chinese kalishna they say so it may be very difficult for them but bhavagrahi janardan so krishna accepts the bhava so we cannot we should not uh, discriminate against devotees who can't pronounce it properly we should see what they're doing with their lives are they dedicating you know if they're dedicating you know what more is there even if i can't you know, the animals, you know, Vanaras were all, de you know, uh, what is that? Monkeys, apes. <coughs> they, they cannot speak like gentlemen, nothing. Uh, Hanuman has said that prayer, right? What is that? I think 5, uh, 8, 3 or 5, 8, 7 or something like this. So, he said, we are we are not even, gent we cannot speak like gentlemen. We are like, you know, animals, apes. We are not good looking. We are not nothing. But Ram accepted us because of the bhava. They wanted to serve the Lord. So, that is very important. Very, very good question. Thank you very much. So, then um, Ajanya Mataji is asking, Tune is necessary for chanting the shloka? It is not necessary. It is not necessary for chanting the shloka, but with tune, it will become easier for you to memorize the shloka. For example, if we say, like Prabhupada, he doesn't almost, when he quotes, almost he doesn't use tune. Janma karma chame divyam evam yoveti tattvataha tyaktva deham punar janma naiti maameti sorjuna. So, there may not be any tune, it's like a prose. So, the, the meaning doesn't change, of course. But if you chant in a tune, then sometimes it's easy for you to remember. In, just like a nursery rhyme, you know. Why it is in rhythmic or rhyme fashion? Because there is, it's easier to, it's catchy, it's easier to hold on to the sounds. And in fact, Acharyas like Rupa Goswami and even Vyasadev, they have composed all the shlokas. Only very few shlokas in Bhagavatam are like prose, like, like, like a sentence instead of like a poem. Very few. Because um, mostly are very poetic. Very, very poetic. And all have, you know, very, there are, there are rules of how to write poetry. Eleven syllables. That we will learn in another class. Not today. I think the fourth class. Yeah. Maybe day after tomorrow probably. We will learn about the chandas. There we will see how there is structure in the making of the shloka. Mm. There is so much structure actually. So much depth to the structure also. How to write, how to compose shlokas in the proper way. What is the proper chanda? What is the proper... Chanda means the meter. So, there is so much science to it. What we have learned is just... You know, Prabhupada said to learn Sanskrit perfectly, it will take 12 years of intense study. 12 years. So, you can just imagine how much is there. So, it's 5.19.7. Yes, 5.19.7. Narhari Prabhu has kindly shown us in the comments. So, 5.19.7. Najanmanunam mahatona saubhagam. This is by Hanuman. You see, although he said we are apes, you know, we cannot talk properly. You see how much nice shloka he has composed. Navan 
चकार सखे बत लक्ष्मणाग्रज वन कैनॉट एस्टाब्लिश अ फ्रेंडशिप विद द सुप्रीम लॉर्ड रामचंद्र ऑन द बेसिस ऑफ मेटीरियल क्वालिटी सच एज वन बर्थ इन एन एरिस्टोक्रेटिक फैमिली वन पर्सनल ब्यूटी वन इलोक्वेंस वन शार्प इंटेलिजेंस और वन सुपीरियर रेस और नेशन नन ऑफ दीज क्वालिफिकेशन इज एक्चुअली अ प्री रिक्विजाइट फॉर फ्रेंडशिप विद लॉर्ड श्री रामचंद्र अदरवाइज हाउ इज इट पॉसिबल दर ऑल दो वी अनसिविलाइज इनहेबिटेंस ऑफ द फॉरेस्ट हैव नॉट टेकन नोबल बर्थ्स Although we have no physical beauty, and although we cannot speak like gentlemen, Lord Ramachandra has nevertheless accepted us as friends. See, so Bhavagrahi Janardhan. So, in this way, there is um, so tune is necessary, not necessary, but it it is helpful, and also when you chant it in tune, it is attractive also. In fact, Prabhupada said in that quote, I don't if you remember, I don't know if you remember from yesterday. He said, if you can chant these shlokas in a festival during festival with even musical instruments and you know chant these shlokas like from Ishopanishad or or um, Bhagavatam or like this, it will be a nice charm for the people. You know they will hear hear these nice shlokas. So you know to chant in tune also is is good because it attracts and also it is good for you to learn and easier to learn also sometimes. Most of the time it is very easy to learn if there is a tune. Just like a song, song is is catchy. You know is catchy, so it helps. Then Vishnu Teja. From yesterday, Karnamrita Devi Dasi makes songs with Western tunes with verses from Shrimad Bhagavatam and other scriptures. Is that a good way to learn? It doesn't matter Western tune. Tune. Oh, I have again. I have again messed up this connection. So I should not. There's some kind of loose connection with my ports. I think that's why it's causing this. So there is no difference between Western and Eastern tunes. I mean, there is, but it doesn't make a difference as long as you have a tune. Just like Prabhupada said, we should have that Govindam Adipurusham. Um, what is that? Govindam Adipurusham Tamaham Bhajami Govindam Adipurusham. This is all Western tune, and actually, in some places, it is not correct pronunciation also. But Prabhupada said, no, play this every day. So, bhavagrahi. Of course, the bhava bhava means what actually? Bhava means what? Feeling is one way of saying it, but feeling is not the exact thing. Also, feeling means yes, feeling. But feeling means, for for example, it's not that when you are saying these words, you must feel something, you know, like imaginary. No. What is our sadhana? Prabhupada said, you can make all this show, but we have to be serious devotees we have to wake up every day in the morning we have to do all the things rigidly and everything chanting properly 16 rounds following the four principles that is bhava bhava means our character should be strictly in accordance with the instructions of the spiritual master not that bhava means oh i am in some love that is chaitanya mahaprabhu's that you know the pure devotee that is a different that is also bhava yes that is ecstatic bhava but now we are not on the stage at least i am not in that stage So now we are in the Vaidhi Bhakti, where we are following the rules and regulations given by the spiritual master. If Prabhupada did not say 16 rounds, we would not have chanted 16 rounds. We would have cut short, you know, maybe four rounds or six rounds or one round or maybe half round. But because Prabhupada said 16 rounds, we are chanting 16 rounds. But real bhava means no stop every day, just chant like Hari Das Thakur. That is real bhava. But we don't have that kind of bhava. At least I don't have. So bhava means in our in our. Prabhupada said that our character, our 
uh, adherence to the instructions of Srila Prabhupada should be cent per cent. That is real bhava for us at this moment. That is real bhava. So, we should, our character should be good. Our character should be strictly and seriously a devotee in the path that Srila Prabhupada has shown us. So, that is real bhava. Uh, so, by following this, then we chant. If one chants, actually, actually now in ISKCON, unfortunately, there are so many nice talented devotees, you know, they can do the kirtan and they can do the, you know, instruments very nicely and they can chant very nicely sometimes, but they don't wake up even for Mangalarti, they don't chant properly, maybe sometimes they don't, they don't even dress like Vaishnava sometimes. So, all these things, this is not proper bhava. Prabhupada did not want it to become a hippie edition of Hare Krishna. We should not become hippie Hare Krishnas. No, that is not what he wanted. He why he introduced dhoti, sari, and you know the hairstyle, everything. You know, for 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 men it is like you know shaven, and for women it is like braided. All these things and sari, you know, on the like uh, you know on the head. Why all these things he introduced for Westerners? He could have just said no. Harinam is the main thing. Actually, now there is a movement like that in Iskon, Krishna West. Krishna West is a is a when you say West. When you put an upadhi, a designation to Krishna, that is completely bogus. Krishna means Krishna. There is no west, east, south, north, northeast, northwest. No. Krishna means Krishna. That's it. Absolute. And the absolute standard is the Vedic standard. It's not Indian standard. India happens to have the Vedic standard. But it's not Indian standard. It's Vedic standard. It's, it's what is mentioned in the Vedas, given by Krishna. And it is for everybody. Unfortunately, there is so much deterioration of culture and that's why... It has become, you know, all these different cultures we have. But coming back to the point, we have to follow everything that Srila Prabhupada has given us, the Vedic culture. And then the bhava is proper. Hmm? And when we are, when our character is like that, foundation of our character is based in, based on our spiritual practice given by Prabhupada, then our chanting will all have effect. Purity is the force. Prabhupada said, the tune is not the real thing that drives anything. The, to chant is not the tune. Prabhupada, you know, he chanted a very simple tune when he went to the Tompkins Square. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, this is a very simple tune. He did not invent many tunes. Of course, he did not obstruct us from chanting different tunes, but he chanted all the way three hours in Tompkins Square Park, just this tune. And people were dancing and dancing and the whole movement started from that Kirtan. See that? So, it is the bhava and tune helps but it is not the main thing. The main core is the, the, the knowledge, the, our practice, these are our main core. Alright, Vishnu uh, okay, Ajanya, Mataji. is there any rules from music to chant shlokas? Yes, there is. So, we will uh, go through that in the fourth session, the Chandas session. So, I think that is day after tomorrow. Tomorrow is about Sandhi, to understand how words are joined and divided. So, that is tomorrow. And day after tomorrow will be the tunes. Okay, we will learn then. You are chanting in a tune. Is it your own tune? Mostly there are established tunes, but one or two I have created my own tunes. I mean, Krishna gave the intelligence, not I created. So, so yeah. So as long as you have a tune that perfectly fits. For example, um, what is that? Um, Radha Krishna Pranaya Vikritir Hladini Shakti Rasmad Ekatmana Vapibhu Vipura Deha Bhedam Gatautau Chaitanyakyam Prakatamadhuna Tadvayam Chaikyamaptam 
राधाभावद्युतिसुवलितम नौमी कृष्णस्वरूपम सो दिस वर्स इज अबाउट चैतन्य महाप्रभु दिस इज एक्चुअली आई क्रिएटेड माई ओन ओन ट्यून बाई कृष्णस ग्रेस बिकॉज आई डि नॉट नो हाउ टू क्रिए हाउ टू चांस दिस आई डि नॉट नो एनी ट्यून सो आई जस्ट ट्राई समथिंग एंड इट परफेक्टली फिट दिस बट देर इज एन अदर ट्यून आफ्टर दैट आई फाउंड आउट इट इज यूज इन कर्नाटिक म्यूजिक सो दैट ट्यून एक्चुअली कैन बी यूज फॉर दिस वन लाइक राधा कृष्ण आई डो नॉट नो थर्टीन एटी या कामादीना कथिन कथिधा पालिता दुर्निदेशा जाता मयि न करुणा नत्रपानोपशाति उत्सृज्यथ यदुपते सांप्रत लब्धबुद्धेस्वायात शरणमभय मियुंस्वात्मदे सो दिस इज द established tune but i created my own tune which is like kamadinam kati na kati dha palita durnideshas so kamadinam kati na kati dha palita durnideshas tesham jata maina karuna natrapano pashanti उत्सृज्यतापते सांप्रत लब्धबुद्धेस्वायात शरणमभय मियुंस्वात्मदे सो दिस इज ओन ट्यून बट पर्फेक्टली फिट्स सो एनी वे वी विल लर्न ऑल दिस इन द फोर्थ लेसन मंजुकेसी माथुजी फ्रॉम फिलिपींस इन रिसाइडिंग वर्सेस डिफरेंट ट्यून्स टू बी यूज लाइक इन ब्रह्म संविधा एंड श्रीमद भागवतम और इज इट ओके टू रिसाइड इट विदाउट ट्यून फॉर अ लर्नर एक्चुअली फॉर अ लर्नर इट विल बी ईजियर विथ ट्यून not very difficult these tunes are like rhymes why are children taught with rhymes because it's easier with tune so actually it is easier with tune so as once we will learn the tune right then you will see it is easier to remember the words also it's easier to remember so you will understand once we go to the fourth fourth session and after that when you put it into practice then you will see then uh, ayappa from india huh? no 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 is a place shabri lived they call it shabrimala ah um, okay He is saying that Shabri lived in Shabri Mala in in Kerala. Hmm. But the, now there is Ayappa Temple. I don't know how bona fide that is. But Shabri was there. She is a great devotee of Lord Ramchandra. Now Vishnu Teja, when preaching to Christians, Muslims, and Jews, can we quote from Bhakti Vinod Thakur's Tattva Viveka in which he shows the faults in their doctrines? Okay, this is not exactly to the point of the class of the of the lecture. So I do not want to deviate from that lecture. Uh, so you know we will you we preach as prabhupada taught us tatva viveka shri bhaktivinoda thakur has said many things even against buddhists you know bhaktivinoda thakur has given commentary and uh, uh, prabhupada has inserted that in the chaitanya charitamrita in the madhyalila chapter 9 text 49 purport against the buddhists so all these things are there we can there is nothing wrong we can use that but whether we will offend them or not basically let us study prabhupad and how he dealt with all these different uh, different groups and there is no nothing wrong we can you of course use bhaktivinoda thakur he is an acharya so but sometimes you may offend and it may turn into you know oh something racial or something against religious so prabhupad's main way of preaching to these religious groups is he encouraged them uh, in the principles in their own religions which Uh, ask them to glorify god like in the muslim there is namaz you know you know there is so in that way there is five times prayers of the day 
and then there is also halal haram you know what could can be eaten what cannot be eaten so and in christianity also there is uh, hallowed be thy name from dawn to dusk thou art in heaven and then there is you know um, uh, thou shall not kill so these points he raised so he just encouraged them to follow the principles of in the what are already there in the religion and slowly you know um, rise above so anyway please keep it to the topic adeline this is too interesting and inspirational how can i learn the basics again i really need to i really need refresher is there a recording of this um yes there is a recording of this the this entire lecture is recorded it's on our facebook uh, page and also on our youtube channel after this is recorded is live on facebook but after this it will be posted on to youtube on our iskm tv youtube channel and there you can um, you can see it as many times as you want <laughs> i am i'm very glad you like this um i hope many devotees are inspired and inspired to learn more shlokas now and how to pronounce and everything and then next thank you very much uh, adeline mataji and uh, vishnu teja prabhu what is the tune for mukundamala stotra in the mukundamala stotra there are shlokas of various lengths and each depending on the length how long is the shloka the tune is different so there are some verses with eight syllables in each line there are four lines in a shloka each that is called pada and each pada there are eight syllables that is 1 meter <coughs> there are few tunes for that and there is 11 <coughs> syllables which is upajati tune <coughs> and the eight syllables one is called uh, anushtup anushtup chanda then the um, 11 syllables is uh, trishtup trishtup chanda but it is also called uh, upajati upajati is a tune actually upajati meter there is other meters you can chant the same trishtup chanda so chanda is the length and the meter is there are different meters like upajati and uh, there are other names i don't know even but i know how to chant them but i don't know the names of them so i am i am also looking for a good source where i can find all these names but it's not so important the main thing is to ch- be able to chant so and then there is 12 like the damodarashtaka that tune of damodarashtaka is for 12 syllables in each line in each line of the there are 12 syllables and then there is 13 syllables but i haven't seen a shloka with 13 syllables i have seen shlokas yeah i think there is i have seen shlokas with one line 12 second line 13 third line 12 fourth line 13 like that song ujwala varana gauravara deham um what is that second line virasita niravadhi bhava videham maybe i'm messing up the lyrics but <laughs> but that song the first line is 12 syllables and then the second line is 13 syllables third line is 12 syllables fourth line is 13 syllables i think even mukundamala there is mukundamala sutra there is i think the 6th or 7th verse i think is like that also again so anyway so that is one no sorry the 9th verse in mukundamala sutra is something like that and then there are 14 syllables in one line that is the uh, brahma samhita that govinda madapurusham prayers that is 14 so venum gvanantam aravinda dalayataksham so that tune is for 14 syllables it can also be chanted in venum gvanantam aravinda dalayataksham barhavatam samasitam buda sundarangam kandarpa koti kamaniya vishesha shobham govinda madapurusham tamaham bhajami so this is also 14 syllables different tune so then there is uh, 15 syllables malati chanda 
I'm actually messing up. Malati is a meter, Chanda is a length, but let's say for practical purposes, Malati, Malati Chanda, it is like Jayatu Jayatu Devo Devaki Nandanoyam Jayatu Jayatu Krishno Prishnivamsha Pradipaha Jayatu Jayatu Megha Shamala Komalango Jayatu Jayatu Prithvi Bharana Shomukunda. This is Malati Chanda, 15 syllables. Then there is 17 syllables which I just chanted the Radha Krishna Pranaya Vakriti Haladini Shakti Rasma that so I found my own tune that is 17 syllables and then there is 19 syllables which is um, the Shadgoswami Ashtaka <clears throat> Nana Shastra Vicharanaika Nibunao Sadharma Samsthapako that is 19 syllables and then there is 21 syllables Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapada Kamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tamsa Jeevam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha This is 21 syllables in each line. So in this way, there are different tunes for different lengths. So we will all we will learn all this in the fourth lesson. Thank you very much and um, I hope you enjoyed the session and look for, looking forward to see you, seeing you tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Singapore time. So we will learn the division and joining of words. Right? Thank you very much for joining and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna. Jai Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai Shri Shri Radha Madan Mohan Ki Jai Jagannath Baladev Subhadramai Ki Jai Gaurnitaya Bhagavan Ki Jai Prahlad Narasimhadev Ki Jai Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai Ananta Kodi Vrind Ki Jai Nitai Gaur Primanande Hari Hari Bhur. And in fact, all goes to what is that we chant? Um, Nashta Praya Shobhadreshu. No, Narayanam Namaskritya. Naram Chaiva Narottamam. Devim Saraswatim Vyasam. Saraswati Devi. All goes to Saraswati Devi because she is the one who is the representation of all this knowledge. All right. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.